0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of We Want To Do What. Today we've got Brady Wright on and he's a freelance content producer. Hi, Brady.
1: Hi, man. How are we doing?
0: Yeah, well, good, mate. We were just saying we are very much looking forward to the weekend this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the weather's been gorgeous. I'm not going to lie. I've, um, I have I sit with my desk facing out the window and I've had I've had to shut my blind on a couple of occasions this week because it's so nice out there. I'm like, if I can if I can block out the sunlight, at least I won't I won't kind of feel like I'm missing out on anything. But yeah, it's um, it's been a busy one. So looking forward to um, putting my feet up this weekend for sure.
0: That's it. Um, Brady, do you want to jump straight in and tell everyone a bit about what you do?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm a primarily a graphic designer and um more recently and i say recently over the last kind of 18 months to two year have two years have started doing more video for clients as well so i suppose it it kind of started out as a as a as a quite broad digital marketing role if you like and i worked as a as a digital marketing executive for a number of companies and basically got experience doing everything from email to running social campaigns um to then getting behind the camera and doing doing that type of stuff so um yeah it's it's quite a mixed bag but um primarily focusing on on graphics and and video for my clients at the moment yeah
0: it's a really interesting world and what made you sort of decide to go into this
1: um i think it it was always about trying to find a career in the stuff that I personally enjoyed growing up. Um, I wasn't necessarily kind of the, the most arty person in school. Um, I wasn't necessarily driven towards graphic design from a young age, but I used to love watching music videos and I've always just been intrigued by like, whether it be adverts on TV, kind of like the the whole brainstorming concept behind the the kind of like the, the things that we see online and then how how they kind of like came to fruition so i was always intrigued by that that whole process of like how did this play out in the boardroom and what was the brief and then how did we end up with whatever that like this advert or whatever this this thing is um so it was, yeah, it was largely through kind of studying media at A level and getting a little bit of a taste for for Photoshop and some video stuff that really, um, really kind of piqued my interest and made me realise, like, oh, it is actually kind of graphics that that I, I want to pursue. Um, so yeah, it wasn't it wasn't kind of from a young age where I was obsessed with drawing or anything like that.
0: So what was the thought process after that? Was it go straight into work, go to uni? How, how did that kind of thought process work for you?
1: Um, so I think I, I kind of found my way into stuff, and and that's kind of been a been a common theme throughout my career, I suppose. I would never really set my sight on becoming like a, a video content producer. Um I studied media at A-level. Um I also did history and English and loved writing content and creating copy and my creativity actually when i was younger was always through writing so i'd I'd write stories and i excelled in like poems and stuff like that so english was kind of my bag Um, but then doing doing media at a level really kind of made me realize um or or piqued my interest around the technologies that bring some of these magazines to life or some of these kind of youtube channels that i love watching um so we we did a project where we had to kind of create a, a musical artist if you like and create like a full page spread for them and make a music video and and silly stuff like that i mean i was kind of 16 17 at the time um but that introduced me to to photoshop and it was actually serif at the time video editing and that's that's what kind of got the ball rolling in that that department i suppose and then I went on to university to study sports marketing um, because I've always been been um, a massive football fan and, and interested in other sports as well. So, um, yeah, it was, it was very much about kind of piecing those elements together, I suppose, because um, it was. Yeah, I say the, the focus was always about trying to find a career in in the things that I enjoyed and, and it's always kind of being music and sport for me that have really um, really kind of stuck. So, um, where, where I ended up in those fields, I, I wasn't entirely sure, but, um, that, that was what was kind of driving the decision-making.
0: So you you kind of just followed your curiosity.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I suppose so. It was, so I, I didn't actually apply for university the kind of like stereotypical way. Um, I got my A-level grades. I had, I mean, I, I'd learned to drive in the final year of, um, of A-levels so my attendance in this in the second year wasn't great I didn't actually <laughs> kind of even consider going to university because it, it just wasn't um wasn't really a path that any of my friends were taking or that my family were even really pushing for um so it it didn't really cross my mind until I, I went and picked my A-level results up and and my head of sixth form actually pulled me to, pulled me to one side in his office and just said like mate, you, you should go to university with these, you can apply, there's a thing called clearing. Um, so I got really excited that day, kind of spur of the moment thing, ran off, started looking at all these um, these courses at university and and then ended up applying that week and getting accepted and then two weeks later moving to Leeds. So it was kind yeah. of, um, it, it was all a bit last minute to be fair, but um, yeah, that's how I found myself studying sport marketing and and luckily really, really enjoyed it. So kind of a a good job i followed my my curiosity in that sense i suppose
2: was there a lot um involved in that course that you're able to use now and have actually built on since learning it
1: yeah i mean there's there's a lot of fundamentals i mean i'm quite vocal about my stance on university and and um just kind of formal education online anyway i think a lot of the stuff is outdated i think a lot of the course material might have been relevant 10 years ago and in 10 years, they'll probably be teaching things that are actually quite relevant now. Um, and that's not to say that they don't teach, um, they don't teach things of value, but I think my primary takeaway from university was, whereas A-level was, there was more of an onus on learning for yourself and doing that that kind of like, being a student outside of those those classroom hours Um, that that anti is obviously upped at university and I think what it really taught me was um the fundamentals around how to how to go and find information like how to come across topics that I'm interested in find that information and then delve deeper and kind of continue to be a student into my adult life um I'm not sure without university I would have um I would have understood the mechanisms around going and learning new things or being as as kind of encouraged to go and go and do that by myself so um i think it was really valuable in that sense but in terms of like how much course material i use to to this day we we did economics modules we did stuff around finance and sponsorship and i think the the kind of like the the foundational principles are great but um in hindsight would i would i go back to university kind of given the coronavirus situation would I have gone purely for the course material absolutely not like I was extremely lucky to meet some really good people and and make some incredible kind of friends and and have long-lasting memories from university but for based on the course material alone I I think it's a bit of a scam to be honest
0: you know Brady I'm of the a very similar opinion to you about university especially for the creative fields. I think you know we had um, we had the side men's manager on a, few, a while ago, Jordan Schwarzenberger.
1: I've listened and to the pod; it's brilliant. really oh, thank you.
0: Really. Thank you. And he he's of, of the same opinion as us. You know, marketing and creative subjects they change so rapidly. It's yeah. honestly really difficult for universities to one keep up and then have the people to teach that new theory. You know, well at, at that time because, like you say, it changes weekly. You know, not yearly; it changes weekly. So. I think unless you're going and doing, you know, like doctor, Tom, you went and you did mechanical engineering, you know, that oh, that does change, but you you require university degree, right?
2: Oh well, I'd actually disagree with that. A lot of um oh, thanks. <laughs> well, I, I absolutely adored university and I would go back in a heartbeat from not just for the social life, but I did enjoy the course and what I was studied. But even for my industry, I work with an awful lot of apprenticeships and I'm only a few years older than some of them, but the knowledge they have in the specific field I'm in now is far superior to what I have. And I, you, it's impossible to learn what I do at work at university just because it's such a niche field. So I, I think there's places. I think what I was able to get from university is having that bit of paper, particularly within engineering, goes an awful long way, particularly when it comes to things like charterships and, mm-hmm. um, I would personally advocate for university if you want to go, just because it was the four best years of my life. I absolutely loved it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree with you on, on that front. It, it was de- definitely the definitely the kind of like the highlight of, of my twenties my today. It's um, yeah, it's a period of life that, that you kind of won't you won't ever forget, I suppose.
2: No, exactly. But I tell you what I did find quite interesting. I remember when I first started my course compared to finishing it three years later, the amount of dropouts. I was actually kind of shocked the amount of dropouts. I think we lost probably two thirds of the class over that, um, over those years. And a lot of them went from starting in September to Christmas. I'm not sure if you had that same.
1: No, I'll, I'll be honest. We, um, I mean, the 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 course remained pretty strong. Um, I think, I, yeah, I wouldn't even know. I couldn't, I wouldn't even know why that might be. Um, but no, the the, the course itself, um, sport marketing at, at Leeds was, um, it, it was it was a massive kind of group to start with anyway. I think there, there were kind of like 150, 200 odd students on the course. And I'm, I'm fairly sure like 90% of those actually, actually kind of finished the course and graduated. So that, that might be something to do with the, the different fields, I suppose.
0: So, Brady, tell us a bit about how the job hunt went after you got your degree. <laughs>
1: so um, straight after finishing my degree, um again, I had a degree in sport marketing, but positions were kind of few and far between. And I actually wanted to, to understand the fundamentals around kind of graphic design. So I, I wasn't I wasn't so dead set on sport when I when I finished university. Um, so straight off the back of uni, I actually joined a, they're a, kind of like a massive print company and I was effectively creating everything from like packaging for like ads for their social media and it was it was a really kind of um, foundational role in, in all things marketing, I suppose. Um, they were pretty traditional in their approach to things and I was kind of brought in to help Help them just use social media. I think a a lot of small companies, I mean, we're going back now, I I graduated in kind of 2016. So, um, a lot of companies were still kind of jumping on the bandwagon of social media tokenistically, I think for a large part. Um, it was, it was more of an afterthought than anything that was kind of central to their, their kind of strategy or their, um, yeah, their, their promotion. So it was, um, it was a, it was a really base level role where I basically just got to, um, had a lot of freedom to try different things out. So that was, um, that was really fortunate, I suppose, straight off the back of, of university.
0: And then what was it like to then sort of move up and change jobs? And and how did you go from that into kind of what you're doing now?
1: Um, so that was, kind of it, it was a process that really started when I left university I actually kind of made a post and alluded to this the other day I I was terrified of the idea of full-time work like whilst I was a student the idea of um having to kind of give up all that free time I mean I, I worked kind of like Saturday roles and I, I had to work during my my course um I, I wasn't kind of lucky enough to be in a position where I could just kind of cruise through the course and and just worry about um, learning at that time. But then that jump into full time work really scared me. So um, I was quite particular about where I worked and, and for how long. So I was always on the lookout for opportunities that seemed to align more with me. Um, I quite quickly left the print company to work for um, an engineering firm, actually. But I was obviously in the, the marketing team. There I made a lot of um, like video stuff. I created, again, a lot of print ads, um, was doing graphic design, but not in a realm that I was kind of passionate. And then luckily enough, I managed to find a role within the events industry. We were um, a really small team putting on pretty large kind of um, concerts and events. So that, that role really kind of put me in a position to develop my knowledge around um not just graphics and video but like social media campaigns and email marketing and building on their websites and i think that role really inspired me to try and take what i was doing into a day job outside of that day job um and so from from there really i kind of i doubled down on building a client base outside of full-time work and then spent Probably two, two and a half years working full time and then building up um, enough interest around my services outside of that to really kind of take me to a point where I was able to to kind of quit, quit the day job and um, and go full time with with what I've been doing now for kind of two and a half years or so.
2: What do you think are some uh, critical personality traits that you have that have allowed you to get to where you are currently?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Um, critical personality traits. I, I think primarily you have to be coachable. I think like I'm, I'm always very open to learning and open to learning from people from all walks of life as well. I think you can or I think it's easier to be quite tunnel vision and assume that maybe there's there's not something to learn from somebody who's in a different sector to you or that is a lot younger than yourself or whatever that might be but I've um I've always kind of I've always been a a sponge even in kind of like sales environments or admin environments where I'm just really intrigued by people and how they do the things that they do so um those those roles I suppose really allowed me to not just progress in the areas that I was kind of working in or interested in but talk to people that did different job roles and Get an understanding of, about how business works from more of an, an overview perspective yeah so it was it was all about being coachable i think if if i was to pick one kind of primary quality it's um it is that just that coachability and that that eagerness to learn and i mean i'm i'm 27 now i'm 28 in december and i still feel like an absolute newbie at what i do um, and I'm I'm still so keen to to get better in in different kind of areas and, and progress. So I think that's that's really important because I mean, as as you kind of alluded to earlier, with things changing so much, you really have have to be on the ball these days. And if you're going to be able to provide the best service and give the kind of um, the best advice that you you can to people, you you really have to kind of be on the ball with that stuff. So. Just just being eager to learn all the time, I think, is is the key one for me.
0: Mm-hmm. And what would be maybe two, maybe three key, key skills you think need you, you need to have to sort of be a graphic designer?
1: Um, so I think you need to you need to have kind of good a good eye for detail. Um, that's the that's the stuff that really takes you to another level. Um, it's not something that i was necessarily super apt at when i when i first started out and it's not something i particularly excelled in um but through having a, a string of kind of managers and and going through different feedback loops you you quickly learn to to be really kind of precise and specific um with the type of stuff that you're creating and that that helps um that helps enormously in just kind of bringing everything to a new level and elevating what you do um i think you need to be relatively thick-skinned it's probably not something that people would associate with with graphic designers but when when you work in a role where um it's ve- it's it's a it's a very opinion based sport it's not like an if if an accountant's doing a good job or if the it guy is doing a good job like the accounts are, are all in line or the 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 kind of like the computers are working do you know what I mean it's quite tangible um whereas a lot of the stuff that I've worked on in my career everyone feels like they can kind of have an input or have their say and it's kind of um you have to be you have to be very open to hearing feedback from people and um and being wrong I suppose a lot of the time and not taking that personally and that that was something that I learned quite early on um when you move from doing university projects where you you create whatever it might be and that's off your back and it gets graded to being sat in an office and five or six people are kind of like around your desk saying oh change this what does that look like there and um (laughs) that um that definitely yeah it definitely Used to wind me up a little bit when I first started, and it's it's something that I think over time you just learn to kind of step away from and um, and appreciate that everyone everyone kind of enjoys having their input on on that side of stuff as well.
2: Do you ever get um sort of like customers or colleagues like ask <laughs> you then, Kel? I, w- I want to change it to this, and you're just like that just won't work. Please, please don't oh, make me do uh, that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I won't mention any names. I'm I'm really lucky in the sense that. I, I work with, I work with a handful of clients on a, on a regular basis that are, that are really, really kind of open. They, they trust what I do and we, we kind of have a very kind of open, clear back and forth and, and I'm super transparent about what I do as well. So it's, it's easy to kind of move things forward in that respect. Um, but yeah, without a doubt, you, you get clients who, who kind of want things a certain way and, and the best I can do is, is advise. I'll never, I'll never kind of, force or or kind of say it, it has to be this way um you ultimately those people are, are paying for for my time and my expertise and if they don't want to take that on board by all means i'll uh, i'll kind of go with go with what um what what they prefer um but there have been instances where you go down that route and then that you arrive at the end product and actually they want to do things the way that you'd originally suggested. And that, that's the frustrating one when you kind of end up backtracking and it's like, well, I did mention it two weeks ago. Um, so, um, yeah, it's, it's a mixed bag, but I think on, on the whole, um, people, people are the people that I have worked with on a, on a long-term basis kind of appreciate what I do and appreciate my opinion on things. And it it tends to kind of go that way
0: and for you what's been the number one positive uh working in this industry so far
1: um genuinely just the people
0: that i've
1: got to kind of meet as a result of it um and that's not just clients that's that's people i've worked with it's it's even people that i haven't worked with that just do um similar work to myself i mean i'm in i'm in a handful of whatsapp groups um i obviously kind of came across your stuff on linkedin and that's how we've ended up connecting here. I think, um, the, the creative industry as a whole is, um, is just full of really interesting people that have really exciting ideas and, and it's, yeah, so I'm, I'm from quite a, quite a small town just outside of Nottingham. Um, there's a lot of kind of single-minded thinking in this area, I'd say. So it's, it's nice to, it's nice to meet people that, um, that kind of have have big dreams and big aspirations and and go out of their way and spend a lot of time creating things that are purely out of passion and just because they they absolutely love it as well as they're they're brilliant at it so um yeah i think the the people hands down would be um would be the best thing about what i do
0: that's definitely up there with one of my favorite answers to that question i love that sentiment of finding people that want to do something a bit bigger than maybe you get from your you know local town and go and see the world a bit I, I love that answer mate
1: oh definitely I mean there's there, there's people and kind of just chiming back to to what we said about university and, and not being able to learn so quick there's people at 19 20 21 that may currently be getting their degree or that have got it that are, are building things online that are, are absolutely incredible and that's not just because they're getting to eat from the the work that they're providing for people, but they're really paving the way and and kind of showing um even we're not necessarily a generation apart but like people older than them how to how to market themselves and how to um how to make people pay attention these days and I just think the internet has caused such a shift in power dynamics because we now have 40 and 50 year old CEOs that have absolutely no idea how these kids are doing all this stuff. And it's it's just blowing people's minds. And it's, um, yeah, it's it's just it's really inspiring to see and really motivating to see. And um, yeah, it's, it's hands down one of the um, one of the best things about about working in this field.
2: Apart from maybe some creative differences, what are um, some of the other challenges that the, these roles have?
1: um in terms of like the freelance stuff that i do
2: anything you know you obviously mentioned having to have some thick skin um for some creative differences but you know what what maybe some everyday challenges that you maybe weren't expecting within these uh within this industry
0: um
1: that's it's it's an interesting question i think the um the variety of stuff that you end up working on is um is a bit of a mixed bag um that that can have its pros and its cons like I personally love to be busy and to be spinning a few plates at one time I I think it, it kind of it it keeps me occupied and actually I've done it for so many years now that when one plate kind of falls off I start to feel like I need more to to kind of keep me keep me busy but um that can also on the flip side be extremely challenging and and hard to kind of, um, hard to juggle at times. So you do find yourself working long hours. You do find yourself kind of going back and forth on projects that you thought would be done weeks prior and, and, and you've still not kind of like not reached that that ultimate goal of what the person was, was trying to achieve. Um, So, definitely just just being prepared for the the hard work element i think people see i get it a lot with my friends um i have friends who are kind of mechanics and engineers my two closest friends that i'm referring to there and they definitely think that i'm just kind of having a laugh playing around on my computer for the most part and it's it's like that no there is that there is an actual business element to this like it it is real work and um I think the assumption that you just kind of um you're just chilling having fun on on photoshop is is one of the kind of um one of the challenges that you face sometimes I mean my parents still would not be able to to tell you what I do for work even though I've been doing it for seven years now they, they wouldn't be able to like explain it to you so um yeah that that's a bit of a challenge in itself
2: and uh would you still go into this industry knowing everything you know now
1: oh yeah absolutely um it's it's become the kind of like foundation for everything that i do i mean i'm i wouldn't say i'm obsessed with my work but i am I do get extremely excited about it. So, um, getting up every day and being able to work on slightly different things and being able to see finished projects and, and even to look back through time and, um, see things that you completed a year or two years ago and see the progress that you've made. Um, that's, that's kind of, super important to me and and makes what I do extremely enjoyable because you can you can visibly see that learning curve um in a way that you wouldn't be able to in in other professions.
0: well thank you so much for your time it's been an absolute pleasure hearing all about your career so far and what you've done Um, and do you want to tell everyone a bit about how they can get in contact with you
1: yeah sure so um the name's Brady Wright so um you can get me on LinkedIn. My website's bradysboard.com and all of my contact details are on there as well. Um, It's Brady's Board, B-O-A-R-D, not board as in like actually board. I've had that question a few times. (laughs) I think a rebrand's potentially in, in the pipeline.
0: Brilliant. Well, thanks, Brady. Thank you. No, great speaking to you guys. Thanks a lot.